You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 198 with Drew Pittman. Today, we're talking about being a first team dad. And if you feel you're a second teamer or warm on the bench, get ready to get in the game. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community. What an exciting and amazing day and time that we are in. We, man, I cannot believe we are two episodes away from hitting 200 episodes. And man, I'm going to do tomorrow the Pay It Forward Aloha Friday, which I have not done in a while. And our 200th episode is going to be a blast. I am so stoked and so excited to introduce you to yet another amazing feature guest. And it just so happens that this one's super exciting for me because, well, I'm not going give, to give it away. Just know I was super stoked about this conversation because this is a man who has been on my list basically since I first decided to start the Men of Abundance podcast. He's somebody I've wanted to have a conversation with. I was introduced to him by another guest who you've already heard, and I'm just completely stoked. I'm not going to give it away. You will have to wait until episode 200 launches next Tuesday. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss that episode or any other episodes. And others are not going to want to miss that episode either. I'm telling you, not only is it somebody I've wanted to talk to for quite some time, this gentleman is going to blow your mind with his wisdom, his leadership, his way of life, and just who he is. Simply amazing. So, of course, make sure you're abundant in your life today by paying it forward and sharing men of abundance with everyone around you. And guys, today our featured guest is a first for me as well. I have never had a conversation like this with somebody who is a sports manager, more specifically an NFL manager. And guys, Drew Pittman is not your average NFL manager. Drew Pittman has always called Texas home. He was born in Lubbock and grew up in the Dallas suburb of Richardson. Drew went to SMU to play soccer for the Mustangs. He worked in the baking industry and later, upon graduation from SMU, he went into commercial real estate. And at age 29, he felt the need to change paths and pursue his desire to assist NFL players in the pursuit of their dreams. And in his role as an NFL manager, he's doing much more than helping them fulfill their dreams. He is helping players develop into great men. And to him, that is the most rewarding facet of his work, not going to the game, going on the field, or even sitting in the owner's box. Drew is the author of the book titled First Team Dad, Your Playbook for a Winning Family. And Drew took the lessons he learned from his involvement in sports, and in particular in his dealings with the NFL, and applying those lessons to leading a family. And Drew will be the first to admit he outkicked his coverage when he married the former Lane Taft, daughter of legendary Hall of Fame football coach Grant Taft in 1994. The couple have two sons, Jake and Eli, and reside in North Austin in the Texas Hill Country. 
Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to Drew Pittman. Drew, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? Hey, Wally, I'm doing great, and I really appreciate you having me on, and, and I appreciate what you do uh, for men out there. Hey, listen, and I greatly appreciate that, and I want to give a shout-out to uh, Brandon Hanley for introducing us. Yet another amazing connection that has brought two men together to share a message that is going to resonate and hopefully you know, help out some families out there. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it, too. Yeah, so where are you at in the world? I uh, live just north of Austin, Texas, in a small town called Salado in central Texas and uh, the hill country, and uh, been here about 12 years. You know, I've been all over the world. I've been around the United States quite a bit, but the hill country in Texas is some of the most beautiful countryside, just a beautiful area within the United States. I absolutely love it there. I spent quite a bit of time out there. It's great. You know, when my wife and I decided to, to move from the Dallas area and, and get into a smaller community, we looked all, all around and uh, picked Salado, live in a neighborhood where everybody has about five acres and, and built my house with my uh, office. I've got a balcony out of my office and, and a lot of the days I, I sit out on my uh, balcony on the phone taking care of my business and watching the, the deer run around and the wild turkeys and the rabbits. And, uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I dig that out there. A lot of open space too. <laughs> That's something yes, that I do miss yes. out here on this Island of Oahu is there's some, there's some open space, but not a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get too much into our conversation, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, man. What do you have to be grateful for today? Other than being out there in a the beautiful hill country. Well, I think um, the the big picture is I'm grateful for life. Uh, it's an opportunity to um, go out and affect other people's lives uh, for the better. And um, I'm thankful for my my family. Uh, I've got an awesome wife, uh, Lane Taft Pittman, and uh, two amazing boys, um, Jake and Eli. And and I'm I'm really thankful for that. I'm thankful for uh, my my extended family and. Um, it's uh, it, it's probably the thing that I'm that I'm most thankful for. Wonderful. As we get into this conversation, before we do, I, you know, we kind of like to get to know the man behind the abundance. So I want you to do this for me. How would you describe yourself? Um, you know, it's a it's an interesting question because I don't really love talking about myself, but I would say I am a Type A people person. Um, I love uh, getting to know new people. It's one of the cool things about my job, um, being an NFL agent. Um, I get to meet a whole lot of people. I don't sign all the players that I meet, but I always make a lot of great friends. And it's funny how um, the world works. And you know, you, I may not, I may not sign a guy, but then down the road, you know, he ends up working for a team, and and we have a great relationships still. And um, so I, I'm, I'm, a I'm a type A people person. <laughs> That's, I, I love that. I absolutely love that. And I'm, I don't know that I'm completely type A, but I do love meeting people. Uh, it's just, I love talking to people. I love finding out where they're from. Part of the reason why I do this show, see where they're from, what they do for a living, how they contribute to humanity. And it's just an intriguing, I just meet so many amazing people, but how does somebody get into being an NFL agent? That is intriguing to me. Well, my joke is that I got hit on the head and lost my mind. Um, but 26 years ago, uh, 
I had been working for a company and, and had actually knew I was doing it, but had worked myself out of a job. And previously, I, I went to SMU and, and played on the, the soccer team at SMU, and I was there during the Pony Express days with Eric Dickerson and Craig James and Lance McElhaney and Michael Carter and all those guys. And so I got to be fr good friends with a lot of them. Our locker room was right next to theirs, and I, I saw them come out and, and go into the NFL, and it just seemed like they were a commodity to, to these firms that were supposed to be... Um, managing their careers and helping them along the way. And it seemed like all they really looked at the, the player as was an asset. And I felt like, you know, there's got to be a place in this industry for somebody who's going to care about the person and take a more personal approach. Um, I, I, I didn't set out to take over the world and, and become the, the biggest agent in the world. I just wanted to have a positive effect on the young men uh, who God put in my life. And um, it's been awesome. 26 years now I've been doing it. Um, the industry's changed uh, a lot. Um, I, I had opportunities to maybe get into other sports, and I, I decided to stick with football. Um, I do represent some coaches, and I've helped out some, some front office people and NFL uh, organizations and help them kind of get to where they are, but not officially represented them. And so it's, it's been cool, but um, I think getting into it, I really feel like you have to, you have to be called to be in this business because um, if you're not, you're not going to last. And, and I've seen a lot of people come and go uh, over the 26 years. Man, I can imagine. That's a long time to be in that industry, and you must really keep it really on a on a level keel. Hence the reason why you've written your book that we'll get into here in just a minute, because from what I know of the industry, uh, you know, other than the movies and what you see on the movies and stuff, I've met a couple other guys that are in the industry, or were in the industry anyway, and got mm -hmm. out because it, it, it can be stressful unless you really have you know, kind of a, a balance in your life. And I don't believe there's ever really a true balance. There's more of a counterbalance, if you will. But you've at least got it together enough to be able to maintain the your sanity. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and maintain, you know, not have That's a That's debatable. Right, exactly, right. <laughs> that, that, uh, agreed. You have to be slightly insane to do some of these jobs, for right, sure. Right. But you've done it for so long, and then you've got just an amazing family as well. And writing a book and doing everything else you have going on, that's that's impressive, dude. Well, I appreciate it. I, I think, again, um, you know, the person that I am, I, I – uh, I, anything that's good that, that I've been able to do, I, I feel like it's because God's kind of pointed me in the right direction and um, kept to the, the guardrails up so I didn't get too far off, off base. And, um, you know, gave me a heart uh, for family. And, and because of that, you know, I, I always felt like you know, I could go out and, and, and have some good clients and, and make, a, make a good living. Um, you know, everybody thinks sports, all sports agents are super rich, and, and if they knew the, the, the real finances behind um, the, the industry, they would, they would laugh at all of us. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really care about um, the money part. I felt like if I was really good at what I did and I helped enough people um, get what they wanted, that I'd have plenty. And, and it's been the case. And there were times when I had to choose between going out and trying to secure another client or going to my kids' games. And I chose my kids' games all the time. Mm -hmm. I chose, you know, taking my wife. We have date night every week. 
um, that's more important to me than becoming the biggest name in the business. Well, look, you know, here's the thing, guys, and and what Drew is talking about here that I 100% agree with, and you just got to see the pattern of the guys that I have conversations with here on Men of Abundance, and that is when you when you put money first, you're prone to make the wrong decisions, and you're prone to put your time in the wrong areas. In contrast to that, when you do like Drew is talking about and put your priorities first, family first, not necessarily your selfish priorities, but make your priorities make family first, make your clients put, you know, some care into what you're doing and that you truly care about your clients, regardless of what it is that you're doing, then you're more prone to make the right decisions and be able to sleep better at night. And it's, and then the money will come. Like Jim Rohn says, you you know, um, the more people you help get what they want, then you'll get more than you even expected. I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like that, you know, so I, I did. True. Yeah. And so we're going to get into your book, First Team Dad, your playbook for a winning family here in just a minute. But before we do that, as you know, because you've listened to a couple episodes, we like to get into that kick in the gut moment, if only to just show that one, we all get kicked down. They may be different. We, we all have different kick in the gut moments, but they're so similar in the fact that There's two choices you can make. You can either learn from it and move on and actually make something of it, or you can let it beat you down and just wander through life, you know, as a kicked puppy dog type of thing. So if you would share with us that kick in the gut moment and really make us feel that. Wow. You know, you might have to edit this, but I I think um, the the kick is a little bit lower than the gut. (laughs) (laughs) And those happen too. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, there's so many of them in life. And and, um, I would say there were probably a couple of um, real, in in my life, um, real kick in the gut moments. One was when I was um, eight years old and my parents brought my sister and I in and said they were getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. And it was back in the, in the late 60s and not everybody was getting divorced back then. Um, so that was a little bit of a kick in the gut moment. But I'll tell you, my parents, um, if there's ever a way to divorce the right way, they did it. And, and they were amazing and they stayed friends and they never used us against each other. And so we rebounded from that very, very easily. Um, the second time was probably, uh, I would say, um, when in this business, you, you, keep, you keep trying, I mean, getting over the hump and, and where, you can, where you feel like you've made it is, is really tough to do, where you really actually start making money and can pay your bills from um, doing the business. And, and you, think you've, you think you've made it, but you come to find out the young guys in the business, they, they, if they stay, this is usually where they get out of it. You know, they think they've made it, and then they get that kick in the gut where a player leaves, leaves them for somebody else, or a guy that was making a bunch of money gets cut or um, gets renegotiated. And so there's been a lot of those. And I think the first couple of times that that happened, um, was when I was first trying to get over the hump. And, and, and I literally, uh, I was driving to a meeting. Um, I kind of felt like I was just about to get there. And I was supposed to, I was driving to, to meet with a player and I was supposed to go there to sign him to become my client. And he was going to be about a third round pick and it was going to be one of my highest drafted players. And um, I'm, I'm literally half, halfway out 
you know, outside of town on my way to see him. And he calls and says, hey, don't come. And he says, I, I signed with somebody else last night. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a kick in the gut. And, and I pulled over on the side of the road and I was, I was probably sobbing and, and just crying out to God, just saying, you know, you know, I thought this is where you wanted me. You know, why is this happening? I, I'm, I feel like I'm just about to turn the corner and now I'm, I'm knocked down. And, um, the thing that I learned from that was you can either, you can either, um, throw in the towel and, and say, okay, or you can, you know, and for me, I, I, I just asked God to guide me and I just said, Hey, if this isn't where you want me, I will do anything else that you want me to do. And I put it in his hands and man, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't two weeks later that some things started happening that I didn't expect, that I didn't work hard to make happen. And the doors just opened up to me and, and I did get over the hump and I, and I did keep going. Yeah, that's, I I dig that. I dig that story and I can feel that. (laughs) I can feel that so much that kick in the gut moment when that client potential client just turns away and goes another route. Um, and it's hard to turn around from that. It's hard to not blame and say, you know, instead of saying, you know, God, what do you have for me? Otherwise saying, you know, why are you doing this to me? Why, you know, just blaming, quite frankly. And sure. nothing happens to us. It all happens for us. It's hard to believe that in the moment. It truly is. I get that because I've been there too many times. I've lost both my parents, one tragically, one to cancer. I've lost friends i've lost friends to suicide i've lost friends you know i've I've mm. been through so much adversity in my life and i could literally be down and and just you know give up on life but hey you know i had that time with those people and you know all the adversities that happened in my life we just got to look at look at a good you know look at the other side of it so it's yeah. hard i get and it. and that's that's such a great um thing to share with guys because everybody goes through it and we all go through it numerous times. And when we think, you know, oh, we've, we've been kicked in the gut as many times as a, a human can possibly take, here comes another one. And so, you know, I always say it's not what happens to you, it's how you react to what happens to you. Mm-hmm. And, and if, we'll, if we'll look for the lessons, um, then, then we, can, we can grow so much more from the, the kick in the gut than, than we can from a success um, because it, there's just so many more lessons to be learned. And this, so, you know, this feeds right perfectly into what we were talking about before we started recording here, and that is the importance of these men's groups. And, you know, like um, Brandon has, you know, his group for fathers, and there's other groups out there for fathers, and there's groups out there for men, and I have the Men of Abundance community on Facebook. And we were talking about the importance of these groups and how really society has... <laughs> conditioned us to isolate us and i love what you were saying about that before we got started here yeah i really feel like the the world the scheme of the world is to isolate men because it's easy to do we're you know most of us are brought up that you know you got to be to be a man you got to be tough and that means you don't cry and you you know you you put your face in the cold north wind and you press on and you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and all those clichés but the fact of the matter is we need dudes to do life with 
And if you don't have your dudes to do life with, you're going to you're going to get off on your own and things are going to happen and you're not going to know how to deal with it. And then, I mean, we can get we can get disoriented very easily if you don't have that guy that that goes, hey, man, you know, snap out of it. Um, You know, a a great story in in my life is when I moved um, down here to Salado. Uh, my wife had recently been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and it's if you don't know what it is, it's a debilitating autoimmune disease. She was she would struggle to even get up out of bed, and and um, we're building a house, we're moving, um, and and I really was starting to feel just um, sorry for myself, and so I called my best friend who lived up in Dallas, and I said, "Dude, come down here and just hang out with me for a weekend. We can sit out on the porch and cook steaks on the grill and hang out." And and uh, he came down, and you know, I started sharing with him, you know, how all the stuff that was going on and how it was affecting my business because I couldn't work. I had young kids at the time, and one in school, and one in, you know that wasn't in school, and how could I go work? And we we're building a house. Just all I was. I was whining and I wanted him to go, Oh man, it's okay. You know, I'm here with you. And he goes, he goes, look, I don't know. I don't know what you're whining about. Everybody's got stuff. He said, you gotta, you gotta, you know, suck it up and do what you can do. And, you know, trust that God's got an answer for you. And, you know, I'm here, you know, if you need to talk, you need to vent, call me. But I wanted somebody to, um, to just, you know, jump in the, in the pit and wallow with me. And he snapped me at it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I get in these groups. I just joined another mastermind. In fact, um, because you kind of grow out of certain masterminds, if you will, you don't grow out of your friends and you don't grow out of, um, some of these, you know, those guys in your life that are doing that. But I try to get into these different masterminds and kind of see how, you know, they're working with other guys. And I'm just amazed at how many guys really are getting it and they're coming together in story after story time after time there's a guy who's you know lost was 400 something pounds and lost 180 pounds as a result of being in one of these groups or wow that's awesome find it. yeah amazing right and and even, and it's not a weight loss group <laughs> it's not a weight loss group and and you got these guys that are like you know they couldn't find a job or they couldn't find a fulfilling job that they really felt like they could take their soul to work with Yep. And, and they just get into these groups and guys start talking to them and they're like, dude, you don't, you don't realize the skills you have. You're underselling yourself. That's why you can't get a fulfilling job. You're trying to get these jobs that you think you qualify for. You need to start walking into some doorways and saying, Hey, look, here's my skills. Here's what I got to offer you. I know you got these positions. I would love to work for you. I know your company. I know your people, you know, and just have the, the, the balls to do that. And these guys are behind that saying, you got this, dude. This is where you need to go. I mean, better jobs, better in their business, better in their relationships with their spouses. Unbelievable. And better relationships with the kids. Yeah. That's amazing. But we got to have that community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not weakness to reach out to somebody and go, hey, I need help. You know, slap, man, I, I'll call somebody and go, hey, man, you need you need to slap me around a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because I'm going down this trail that I know is not the right trail. Um, pull me back. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's what that's what we can do for each other. 
Yeah, I've seen guys going down the wrong path, hanging around with some, you know, I've been in deployment deployment situations where guys were hanging out with a certain uh, female soldier, and I'm like, I'll pull them aside and say, look, dude, um, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, uh, what do you mean? We're just like, I'm helping her study for the board or something like that. I'm like, no, you're not. I'm your wife. Explain to me why you're with this individual, you know, at midnight. Yeah. Explain to me. I'm your wife. You don't have an explanation. Right. Knock it out. You know, knock it off type of stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. We def- definitely yeah. need that. And here's the thing, guys. You know, we've been bamboozled. I grew up watching John Wayne. I grew up watching all these old Westerns and, you know, all these heroes that we see on TV. And where are guys like that in your community? They don't exist. And if they do, they're lonely bastards. You know, they're, yeah. they're just not likable men. I'll bring it up. My stepdad was that John Wayne figure and a lot, he, he really had a kind heart when it all came down to it. He had a kind heart, but his demeanor towards people was standoffish and people didn't like him for it. They didn't, people didn't get close to him for it. And my mom saw that in him. And I eventually saw that in him as well. He was my stepdad and my, my parents divorced and it was hard for me as well. And went and married this guy and it was the best thing my mom could have ever done. I'll just say that for, for the, for the record, but, uh, for her personally, but that's how he was. And it just, it's not the way you want to be. Your kids end up not caring for you, not liking you as much as they should. And it's just, it's all in the movies. Be a real man, get connected with other guys and have a better relationship with your spouse and your families. Don't be so yeah. you know, standoffish. Don't try to be that hero you see on TV. Cause that's not real. Yeah. Being, being a dad, being a husband, you know, being a friend, it's, it's not a scene from a movie. It's totally different. Absolutely. It's not as, exactly. So let's get into, you know, I am really intrigued to learn more about, um, first team dad, because I have not gotten into this book. I've got so many books on my list and I kind of prioritize them based on where I'm at in the world. But this is one that really is up my alley that I really want to get into because I love this subject. Uh, how did that come about and what can we get out of uh, First Team Dad? Well, I'll give you the short story about how it came about. I was I was coming down from my office um, at the landing on the stairs. I, I looked into the kitchen and um, we have an open kitchen into the, the living room and we have a countertop and my boys were sitting at the counter and they were eating already and my wife was in there cooking and they were laughing and joking. And I, I literally had, I was, I, I had to sit down and I, and I was like, you know, when I, when I decided to get married and have kids, I was like, I'm not going to be a good husband. I'm not going to be a good dad. I'm going to be great. I'm going to do things that other guys don't do. And, and I looked up, I looked at them at that moment and my, uh, my boys were 10 and 12. And I was like, you know, my oldest is going to be out of the house in six years. And in three years, he's going to listen to about half of what he's listening to right now. And I was like, if I'm going to do this, I got to, I got to start now. And so in my quiet times in the morning, I just would ask the Lord to show me, you know, things that I could do to be, to be great. And, and I was like, I was like, I'll do anything. You just got to show me. And I, I really feel like most guys are like this. They're like, they want to be great husbands. They want to be great dads. We just don't know how. We don't know the things to do to be great. We know we got to love them. We know we got to provide for them. We know we got to protect them. You know, the simple things, but that's being good. And so um, 
I started a list of, of just things that, that, you know, I felt like were, were things I could try and, and use and to, to be better. And most of them were, were things that I learned from, from sports. Um, principles that, that we, that we, that we learn in, in football or in basketball or whatever sport you play. And, and, um, so I started implementing some of those things and I started noticing a, a, a change and, um, it was really cool. And so again, I, it's like I told you before we, we started recording, I didn't set out to write a book, but I looked at that list and there were 31 items on that list. And I was like, wow, that's almost like you know, one a day for a month. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and so I just started kind of journaling on what I was, you know, what I was doing, you know, how I was using the principles. Um, and then, uh, you know, kind of what was happening. And, and then I just, I was like, man, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take each one of these as a chapter and I'm going to write and it may just be for me. But I said, if, you know, if this is what I'm, you know, if this is supposed to be a book, then, you know, you got to open some doors and doors started opening. And I met a guy who had just written a book. He was, um, Ken Coleman. I don't know if you, if you know who Ken Coleman is, he's, uh, he, uh, moderates Dave Ramsey's show. And, um, he was on, he was a part of the catalyst, uh, leadership podcast. And I went to Atlanta and I met Ken and, and he had just written a book and, um, he goes, man, you got you to meet uh, Jonathan Merritt. He's the guy that helped me. And so I talked to Jonathan. He goes, send me what you got. And I sent it to him, and I expect him to call me back and say, don't quit your day job. <laughs> but he <laughs> called me back and said, hey, you know what? I think there's something here. And so we got together. And before I knew it, he got me an agent, and then the agent got me a publishing deal. And um, I was fortunate, fortunately, Tony Dungy is one of my good friends and, and coach Dungy wrote the, the agreed to write the forward for me. And, um, it ended up being a book, but, uh, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a cool process because I was learning as I went. So what is the premise of the book? Where, where do, um, what are guys going to get out of it? And is, is it just for guys? Um, I've had a lot of women read it. And contact me and say, man, I know you wrote this for guys, for, for dads and husbands, but this was hugely helpful for me. And so, you know, what some of the women have said is that, you know, it's helped them understand where they went wrong in their first marriage and help them uh, um, be able to identify who their mate should be, what, what they should look like. And it's one of the things that, you know, that I, I've tried to teach my boys is, you know, you have to know what you're looking for if you're going to get what you want. And, and it's it, nowhere is it more evident than picking a, a, a mate. And um, so I've tried to help them identify those things. But um, I think what guys will get from this, and, and, I'll, and I'll, all you guys out there listening, I'll tell you this. So, you know, a lot, most guys are like, I don't have time to read. And, and we don't. Um, even though we know it's important. So I wrote this book for guys like me because I don't have time to read either. But it, every chapter is about three to five pages. Um, it starts off with a story um, about the principle that um, something you know behind the scenes in either the NFL or college football, um, the agent world, that something that's, that's personal to me, something that happened to me. 
And I tell that story, it relates to the principle, and then I talk about how that principle relates to, to you and being a leader in your family. And then, you know, I've got a lot of books that I've read where I get through with them and I go, wow, that's really great stuff, but I have no idea how to make that real in my life. Right. And so at the end of each chapter, I put what I call the game plan. And it's three to five bullet points on here's how you make this happen in your, in your home. And so it's, it's, I mean, each chapter you can read in five to 10 minutes. Um, and then you have a way to take it and go, okay, you know, you could take the book and you could, you could take, you know, 30 months to read it and take one principle and then look at the, the game plan and then start implementing it in your home. And I've had guys that said, look, I only, I only implemented like three to five of, of these principles but it has changed my family's life. You know, I've had I've had I've had wives contact me and say, "My husband read your book and he is a new man." Mm-hmm. And that's the thing to me. I don't care if it's uh, like I told you before. I don't care if a hundred guys read it. You know, and if it changes a hundred homes, and that's really what I wrote it for was to change my home, and then felt like you know should be shared. And if it changes, you know, a half a dozen guys' homes, then it's been worth it. Wonderful. Yeah, I dig it. And I love the structure that, you, that you're describing because anytime I'm reading a book like that, like, I'll, you know, I love the Robert Kiyosaki series and all that kind of stuff, but it always talked about why you got to do this and why you should do that. But the actual original book, and he got into it much later, but it didn't really say, okay, I got now, I know why. I need the four quadrants, but how, what do I do next? What are the steps type of thing, you know? And I love yep. the step, the action steps and the game plan is right in line with the, uh, the whole theme of the book. It's amazing. I'm really looking forward to getting into that myself. Well, I look forward to hearing how, how it uh, has affected you. Absolutely. Is it out on audio yet? It is. Awesome. It is. And it's, it's on Amazon. Um, you know, it's on, uh, Barnes and Noble. Um, I think, uh, uh, several, I mean, you can Google it and yeah, yeah, perfect. Because what I do a lot of the times is I'll get a book on audio first and I'll listen to it. And then a book just like yours, like you're describing, if it's got those action steps in it, whatnot, I don't feel like writing them down. I'll buy the hard copy, usually the hard copy, sometimes the digital, but I'm more a hard copy type of book and I'll, and I'll use it for notes and I'll keep it as a journal type of thing, write my own notes in it and then tab it and highlight it and all that good stuff. So, and you can do that with digital too. It's just something about the hard book that I really love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's paperback. And, and so it's, uh, you know, and that's the other thing is I, I wanted it to be affordable and I want it to be something that every guy, you, you don't even have to be a sports guy to, you know, to, to get into it because the principles are things that, that really anybody will, will look at and go, Hey, this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and I'm not a sports guy. I'm not the type of guy that sits down and watch games all year long. I like the Super Bowl, the World Series. I love the Olympics, you know, the World Cup. I dig all that, but I just can't sit and watch sports all day and get to know sure. all these guys. Like, it's actually your job to get to know these guys. I know guys out here that know all the guys' injuries and all their mistresses and, you know, how many times they've been arrested or <laughs> You know, I'm like, I don't need to know all that stuff, man. I got other things going on in my life, but hey, more power to you guys. But I do dig sports and I love the strategy of the whole bit and I get how it completely relates to uh, family life. And I love how you've done that. 
I appreciate cool. it. Absolutely. So we're at the point of the show where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that, man? Absolutely. Excellent. So share one to three actionable steps. One of the things I love to do, share an actionable steps. Share one to three actionable steps with men of abundance that they can take today. I think um, for me, I'm I'm a I'm like like I said, I'm type A, and I'm I'm you know I'm very organized. I always have a plan. You know, my wife's like, whenever we're getting ready to go do something, she goes, "What's your plan?" I know you got one, <laughs> but um, I I think. Um, one of the best things that, that we can do as men to not be distracted and to not be, um, you know, bouncing around out there is to, is to try and create some discipline in our lives to, um, you know, like I told you before, I'm a, I'm a Christian, you know, whatever, you, you know, wherever you find your, you know, spirituality is, you know, up to you. But I, I start off with time in the Bible and, and in prayer. And I pray for my family and I pray for my friends and I pray for um, our country, you know. And, and, you know, it's not, you know, for me, it's, it's about praying for others and not, you know, so often we go and it's like, oh, God, I need this, I need that. You know, it's about me, me, me. But so, you know, start with something like that. You know, I feel like exercise is, you know, is, is huge. So, you know, I encourage everybody, you know, I can't run. I used to run. I can't run anymore because of my knees. So I got into cycling, you know, find whatever it is for you. Even if it's going for a walk in your neighborhood and, you know, just appreciating, you know, the, the, the creation, um, is, is something that I think is important. And then, you know, I also feel like um, the things that we plan into our lives are the things that we're going we're gonna to really focus on. Um, and, and I always say, you know, look at your calendar and look at your checkbook and I'll tell you what's important to you. Hmm. And, and so, you know, I think if guys will um, be intentional, and I talk about that a lot in, in the book, is being intentional about you know, doing things with your kids, um, doing things with your, with your spouse. You know, my wife and I have, have date night. In fact, tonight's date night. Um, we're, we're going to celebrate Valentine's day tonight and the kids are going off to a basketball game with their uncle. And, um, but you know, you got to be intentional about that. You got to plan these things because this world is busy. You know, I always say that if, you know, if the, if the enemy can't get you, um, to do bad stuff, he's going to keep you busy so you won't do what you should be doing, you know, and you you get you get um, off track. And so um, be intentional um, about planning things. I take each one of my boys on a one-on-one trip um, each once a year, just me and them. And then you know I take my wife um, out of town a couple of times, just me and her. We'll just I mean you don't have to. I mean, we'll go down to Austin, which is 30 minutes away, and get a hotel and go to a nice dinner and just hang out with each other. And so, you know, those are things where I think um, those are actionable steps that you can take. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely love all of those actionable steps. One of the things I do want to highlight, because I've talked about some of those, but just what's going on today, you started out with talking about, I think you said something about being focused and, and, um, before you talk about being in, really intentional and what I see going on today, I see a lot of guys trying to do so many different things. 
uh, and I'm talking specifically about making an income and they're going bouncing from one thing to another. And I follow this guy that I've known for years. Very, He's extremely wealthy, very wealthy, but he's got a couple brick and mortar businesses and he's always doing something. He started out, I first met him with this multi-level marketing, but he was doing um, LinkedIn marketing and stuff like this and showing you how to build your business. Next thing, he jumps over to another business and people follow him. And then now his big, he, he jumped over like five or six things over the last couple of years. Now his big thing is he's telling everybody to jump on cryptocurrency, which is great. But the thing is, is all these people are following him. He's already got, he's very, very wealthy and he's got the time and the resources to jump around like that. But he's got these people following him and they're diluting themselves completely and they're literally frustrated and getting nowhere. And I see it in the yeah. comments of his Facebook feeds when he's doing his live videos and they're so frustrated, but they follow him blindly and he's a great guy. He's a Christian. He's got an amazing family. He's not realizing where he's at in the world. And he's leading all these other people that are following him and trust him. And rightfully so, but they need to stick to one plan. And he needs to point that out. Stick to one of these things until you seek success. Focus is follow one course until success. Because they're yeah. diluting themselves and they're just getting nowhere. And it's so frustrating to watch these people uh, in that situation. Totally agree. And it's it's easy to do in this world because there's so many things out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just got to find your one thing. Yeah, and one of the things I'll say to, to that end is I, I always, um, I think I stole this from Ken Coleman, but um, I, I, I say that your sweet spot is the intersection of your passion and your giftings. And so there's things outside of our sweet spot but, you know, try and find your sweet spot, you know, where you're, things that you're passionate about, but also things that you're gifted in. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got a I've got a really nice Taylor guitar sitting um, on a stand in my office and I love music. I have no aptitude for it. <laughs> I've tried to learn how to play that guitar for years and I just am not very good. Um, I joke that God's the only one that thinks I sing um, anything uh, that, that sounds good at all because um, I can't sing. But I've got all these friends in the music business. I've got all these friends, you know, that can that can play instruments. And it's just not my thing. So it's a passion, but it's not a gifting. Yeah. And so just find that place where your passion intersects with your gifting. And that is your sweet spot. Very good. Very way, amazing way to roll that all in and sum it up. So what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, Drew? Um, the things I just told you, um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I, I think I'm, you know, people get addicted to, to different things. I'm addicted to exercise. Um, if I don't, if I don't do something like if I miss one day, I'm okay. But if I miss two days, Man, I'm grumpy. I'm, <laughs> you know, I don't feel good. I'm out of sorts. Um, but you know, the uh, the other thing is, I feel like if I don't get up and get in the word and um, you know spend time, um, you know, with my Lord, then um, I also get off track. So uh, those are those are really the the two main things. And then you know, the third one, like I said, is just making sure that I, I spend time with my family. And, you know, I, I've been blessed to be in a business where I could, I could, you know, I can make my own hours. And, 
I've coached both my boys in um, all their sports growing up and um, still am able, they play only basketball now. And, and so I've been able to, to coach their, their, uh, the varsity basketball team when they're not in the UIL stuff. And so it's just, you know, but I made that a priority and, and I was always there and they're like, Oh my gosh, are you coaching again? <laughs> I was like, yep, sure. am." So those are, those are the things that, that are daily. Um, you know, they can't be for me, they can't be weekly. They can't be monthly. You know, they can't be every now and then. They got to be. They got to be daily habits. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. And then eventually, those habits turn just basically turn into who you are. And absolutely. You're doing them. Don't even realize it. It's just habit, like you said. So yeah. we've already mentioned first team dad. You've already mentioned a couple times the word, the Bible. What other book? What other books would you recommend that our abundant leaders read or listen to, and why? You know, I think anything um, from Tony Dungy, but I really like his book on servant leadership. Um, I, and, and, you know, really anything John Maxwell <laughs> or Jim Rohn, like you said, um, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a kind of a leadership junkie and it, it comes from um, being around coaches, you know, a lot of coaches and I love coaching coaches. Um but, uh, um, I think, you know, I think as a leader, um, so many people want to lead because they think that everybody serves them. But really, if you're a good leader, you're serving others. And you talked about the guy who's, you know, kind of leading people all over the place. Um, you know, that's, um, that's not real leadership and I'm, I don't know who he is and I'm not bagging on him. I'm just saying, you know, we have to know um, who who we're leading and what they need in order to lead them well. Agreed. I completely agree with that. And that's part of the reason why I brought it up. So what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? I would say probably two things. I think one is um, belief in themselves. But I think that comes from you know, I always say you got to, you got to know who you are. You got to know where you're going in order to know how to get there. And, um, knowing who you are is, is identity. And we, you know, we look for our identity in so many things. And, and, you know, a lot of, I deal with it a lot with, with NFL players because they're, it's easy for their identity to be a football player. That's who they are. Um, but I, I try and help them understand that that's not who they are. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. And there is a big difference between what you do and who you are. And so finding your identity, um, as you know, whether it be as a, um, child of God, a, uh, you know, um, uh, a, a husband and a, and a father, you know, but having that core sense of, of who you are and then, believing in your abilities and taking the risk to, to go out. You talked about it earlier. You got to take risk to go out and do it. When, when I, when I decided that I was supposed to write a book, I told everybody I knew, Hey, did I tell you I'm writing a book? Hey, I'm writing a book. You know, Hey, I'm, you know, every single, every person. I, and the reason I did that was so that I would not chicken out. Because then I would know everybody would be going, what happened to your book? And I didn't want to answer that question. <laughs> and so take, take risk. And, and, and you know what? 
the other thing, and it's one of my chapters in the book, is it's okay to fail. You know, um, was it Einstein said he, he's never failed. He just figured out a million ways how not to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and so that's, you know, don't be afraid to fail. Failing is okay, you know, because if you learn from it, like we talked about earlier, then, you know, you've, you've, been, you've been successful in your failure. Yeah, I agree with that. It's funny. I literally just did. I'm going to post today. I didn't do my pay it forward Aloha Friday yesterday. I didn't post it anyway, but I did a Facebook live video um, in my the Men of Abundance community about that very thing about failure. And we won't get too much into it here, but I did want to bring it up since you said that. You know, I was I was listening to another coach and she defined failure and then completely explained the whole process around failure but not really paying attention to the definition which is the omission of expected or required action so by that definition and and i haven't actually had this conversation with anybody other than what i had you know put out on the facebook and i haven't gone back to look at the comments yet but i'd like to hear your thoughts on this the omission of expected or required action which to me means you're only failing if you don't take action. It doesn't say the omission right. of expected or required results. So yeah, if you're not great. taking action, you're failing. If you are taking action, by definition, you are not failing. You may not be getting the results you're, you want, but that just comes from the learning process. What you're doing is you're learning by taking action. You're not failing. Yeah, that's great stuff. I love that. I love that because it is so true. And And if you... You know, if your desired result is X and you take action and you don't get the desired result, well, then you know that's the way, that's one way that doesn't work. And so then you go and you try the next way and it it leads you so many times in my life, things that that I've tried that didn't work led me to something that did work. And if I hadn't tried it, I would have never known what did work. (laughs) <laughs> and then on top of that, and chances are, because this has happened to me and many others, is it led you to something you didn't even realize that you would enjoy doing because it took you down a different path entirely. Very true. Yeah, Very so, true. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Drew? You know, I think it's um, it's pursuing excellence in everything that I do and um, not measuring the results, but measuring the behaviors that lead to results. And so... You know, whether it be as a husband, as a dad, as a um, uh, NFL agent, as a speaker, you know, I've gone and spoken to um, big groups and, and, you know, everybody comes up afterwards and goes, oh, man, that was so great. And then I've gone and, and I don't get anybody saying, hey, that really meant a lot to me. And I go, oh, I probably, I probably didn't do so well then. <laughs> but <laughs> You know, I'm not measuring the results. I'm measuring the behaviors that lead to results, and and so, you know, it's um, to me that's what that that's what uh, living an abundant life is is is, you know, trying to be the best you that you can be, not trying to be somebody else. You know, trying to figure out what you were created for, and um, we all have a purpose. You know, I I I, I talk to so many guys that that want to be. Um, NFL players, and they've worked their whole lives to be NFL players. And I'm like, you know, God's got a plan for your life. And you have you have been, you know, faithful to pursue what you thought it was. But 
you probably now need to look at, you know, what it really might be. And I, I always talk about, you know, I, I played soccer at, at SMU in, in college. And, you know, I, of course, like, any, like most other guys who go to college and play sports, they want to be a pro. And so I thought, man, I'm going to go play professional soccer. And um, I had a marginal uh, college career, um, was just kind of a guy on the team, um, was never a, a, a star. And, um, you know, I realized that, that, you know, the plan for me was something different. And that's probably what led me to become a sports agent. Again, I, you know, I, I met some of those guys at SMU and I saw what happened to them. And so there's, there's always something. And, and so if you want to live an abundant life, you know, act for what you want, you know, get some divine guidance along the way, um, every step along the way. And, um, you know, have fun, have fun in the journey because, you know, you blink and it's over. And, um, I think the worst, the worst thing that can happen to anybody is, is to be towards the end of their life and go, wow, you know, I, I, I missed it. And, um, I've just always said, I, that's not going to be me. You know, I might, I might say, man, I, I really messed up in a lot of places, but it's not going to be that I was, I was sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, Get in the game. Absolutely. absolutely. Get in the game. Life is not a spectator sport. Nope. Awesome. So what did we not talk about today that you'd like to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation, Drew? Mm. We talked about I mean, you were very <laughs> thorough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I think we, I think we hit it all. Um, you know, I think the, the main things are, you know, be in community. Don't, don't allow yourself to get isolated, you know, take chances, figure out what you like and what you're gifted at. Um, go for it. Don't worry about failing, you know, strive to be the best you, you can be, um, you know, while you're doing some amazing things, you're doing things that, that, you know, I'm not gifted to do. Um, so I shouldn't try and be you and you shouldn't try and be me and we should, you know, both we should connect with um our brothers and and you know uh so into other people's lives i think you know more than anything um i just say people need to sow into other people's lives it's become such a me world and um you know it's as as evident in sports as it is anywhere um but the amazing um opportunity that we have to 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 sow our life into other people's lives is just something that um, gets lost on so many people. So sow into other people's lives, and um, you know, I think you'll 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 see just how abundant life can be when you do that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely wonderful. So, brother, we're going to close this up. Um, we already mentioned that you can find your book. Uh, First Team Dad, your playbook for a winning family on Amazon and other locations. I'll have any of those linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com. And, man, it's been a great conversation. Is there anything else that you'd like to uh, put out there as far as how they can get our guys and some of the ladies, in fact, can get in contact with you or get a hold of your book? Yeah, um, I would say I would love for, for, um, you know, when – social media has become the new thing, you know, not necessarily new, but you know, it's how we all communicate. And, you know, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter at DP football agent. And I would say, go follow me and I'm going to turn around and follow you back. 
And that's, you know, we can really um, start to get to know what everybody's about. I, I take so many things that I implement into my life um, from that. In fact, I was just, um, I was just watching a, a, a little clip um, from the Connecticut women's coach, Gene, I think it's pronounced Ariyama. Um, amazing coach, amazing, you know, the best college, women's college basketball program. But he was talking about body language. And I sent that to I don't know how many people just going, you got to watch this. This is so important. And it's not just about sports. It's, you know, when you go into work, what's your, you know, guys are coming back going, oh, I never get the, I never get the, the promotion and I always get passed up and life's not fair. And my, but you're walking in and you're, you know, your body language is terrible. Um, so I get so much from, from all these, all these, um, tweets and, and posts that, that I see on other things. So uh, go on there and follow me. If you're on it, DP football agent, Twitter and Instagram is the same, um, follow, uh, join my first team dad, Facebook page, and, um, let's share information, um, because we're all going to be better from it. I'm not saying go, go get on there so you can hear what I have to say, saying get on there so so I can then turn around and follow you and hear what you have to say. Excellent. Absolutely love it. Yeah, and I already got on uh, requested to get into the uh, Facebook group there, uh, Facebook page. So, guys, I'll have all that linked up in the show notes so you can just go there and check it out and get linked up with Drew. Drew, I greatly appreciate the conversation, man. It was amazing as I knew it would be. Go out and live your life of abundance and keep paying it forward, brother. Aloha. Wally, you're a stud, man. I appreciate you, and it's been a blast. All right. Take care. All right, guys, there you have it. That's your game plan, your game plan for a winning family and much more. I think there was a lot of great lessons to learn from that conversation. I will certainly be going back and listening to that one again. And, yes, I actually do listen to my own show. I listen to it because I love to hear the conversations. And just like reading a good book or watching a great movie, you always find something new that you didn't realize before. I get new insights every time I listen to one of my episodes and listen to these conversations over again. So I suggest you go back and listen to this again. But hey, I'm happy that you listened to it once. (laughs) Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.